To paraphrase the Caldecott award-winning children's book, Once a Mouse, we're all truly born mice, no matter our position in life. And as we grow from cat to dog to tiger, we need to still carry ourselves with other mice in mind. You know, it's called empathy. There was big news that came out yesterday on the Howard Stern Show when Gwyneth Paltrow said that back in 1995, Harvey Weinstein, that monster, tried to request a massage from her in a hotel room. And the next time that her and her then boyfriend Brad Pitt saw Mr. Weinstein at the opening of Hamlet on Broadway, that's when Brad Pitt said, if you ever make her feel uncomfortable again, I'll kill you or something like that. It was fantastic, according to Miss Paltrow. And that's why I want to make this a tribute episode to Brad Pitt, because seemingly not many people stood up to this man of a monster or monster of a man. So Brad Pitt, this one's for you. Let's find out how you got where you are today. All the while, we'll talk about grills, reoccurring nightmares, and the renaissance as we embark on a new era of joshing around. If you've ever looked at Brad Pitt and said, he's got it made, don't rush to judgment. Brad's been putting in work since day one. Don't believe me? IMDb, your boy, and you'll find that in 1987, he got his start with a few uncredited roles, first as Boy at the Beach in the movie Hunk, and then as a waiter in the movie No Man's Land. Also played Chris in two episodes of the TV series Another World, before another uncredited role as a preppy partygoer in the movie Less Than Zero. That's based on Brett Easton Ellis' first novel of the same name about wealthy, amoral young people in Los Angeles. You're probably more familiar with Brett Easton Ellis' third novel, American Psycho. Let's see if I can give him the true Patrick Bateman treatment as we learn more about Brett Easton Ellis. An American author, screenwriter, and short story writer, his works have been translated into 27 languages. He was first regarded as the so-called literary brat pack, a self-proclaimed satirist whose trademark technique as a writer is the expression of extreme acts and opinions in an effectless style. If it seems I often talk about the Me Too situation, it's not just because it's a trending topic, it's because it also happened to Me Too. Now, I'm not looking for sympathy when I share my story, and I might have already told it, but remember, I'm a victim, so I'm allowed to talk about the memories as much as I want. This is just a part of the PTSD of being alive in this day and age. But anyways, what happened was back in my hitchhiking days, I was 17, maybe just turned 18. It was pouring, raining outside. I was leaving one place and going to another, couch surfing at the time as it was, stuck my thumb out on a pretty major road when a guy in a pickup truck pulled over opened his door and I jumped in. Now, this was a single cab pickup, the kind that you can have a baby in the front seat in. And there I was riding as he was shifting next to me. And that's when he turns with rain pelting the windshield and he says to me, where are you going? Well, going to my girlfriend's place, I said. Oh, great, he said. I'll take you all the way if you let me play with you along the ride. What? No, I said. Well, I guess I'll still take you there, he said reluctantly. I appreciated it because it was pouring. He tickled my thigh a little bit as he shifted gears, but like I said, the rain was coming down pretty hard. We got there, and I forgot all about it, at least until a few weeks later, when I stuck out my thumb again, got picked up in a Cadillac, an older man, so old that he had the compass right there on the dash. He asked me if instead of going to my destination, if I wanted to stop at his house and fool around. I'd rather not. Instead, let me out right here at the 7-Eleven. As I went to use a payphone 20 years ago, <laughs> don't blame me, I told a kid about my story, and that's when he looked at me and said, Blue Cadillac? Yeah, I said, that dude locked me inside his house, asked for some hugs. Whoa, 
you too? The more we learn about most men, the more we find they're also Randy, which is also the name of a character played by Brad Pitt on two episodes of Dallas in 1988. As an aside, when I was a kid, my mom would tuck me in and then watch TV in the other room. So once a week, I would fall asleep softly serenaded by the Dallas theme. Later in life, the van mate and I were driving my Buick Riviera from Florida to Atlanta when, in what had been a long car ride, we passed the Cafe Risque on I-75 and I noticed we were both looking back longingly. More for something to do than for skin, because it is an interstate strip club, it can be a little sketchy. But as soon as we decided that's what we should do, the car went haywire. The radio turned off, everything that could beep started beeping, the windshield wipers even went to and fro. So we pulled off at the next exit and limped into a mechanic. When we stopped the car, it did not start again. The mechanic said it'd be about a day to get a part in, so we checked into a motel and started hitchhiking back to the cafe. Didn't take long before we were picked up by a van with two drunk dudes smoking a joint. We asked them if they wanted to go to the club. They said no, they were on their way to Key West and they better stay on the path. We probably should have gone with them because the club was a bust. I'm just glad though in either place that this story doesn't end up with me getting molested. The bum, Alvin, that used to buy me beer in high school would tell a story about how he became a bum and that was when he was hitchhiking, decided to pull out a joint in the back of the car only to find out he got picked up by undercover police. Undercover police like Johnny Depp in 21 Jump Street. Brad Pitt was in this show in 1988, playing a character named Peter in an episode called The Best Years of Your Life, where Hanson and Penhall end up dealing with a suicide while investigating a series of house break-ins. There's an episode of 21 Jump Street where Johnny Depp's character goes so deep undercover that he doesn't tell anyone where he's going. And then he gets committed and he's locked inside an insane asylum and no one will believe that he's a police officer because everybody in the asylum thinks there's somebody else. This is one of my reoccurring nightmares. Only difference is I walk into some beachfront motel on A1A only to use a payphone. For some reason that keeps coming up. And once I walk in, I hear the door go click, and I can't leave. Cue the cold sweats. Before Brad Pitt played Rick on an episode of Freddy's Nightmares, a TV series based on the Nightmare on Elm Street films, he got to play Chuck in the TV show Head of the Class. Head of the Class was a show about an easygoing teacher offering life lessons to a group of overachieving students, and it was a great show. If you're talking about when the teacher was the guy from WKRP in Cincinnati, and not a Scottish guy named Billy. In the beginning, Brad Pitt's career faced some growing pains, like when he was on the show of the same name in 1987 as a character named Jeff, and then again on Growing Pains in 1989, but this time as a character named Jonathan. His career finally started to age well in 1989 when he landed a role as a character named Bernard on an episode of the popular TV series 30-something. I've said it before, only because I'm in the throes of it, being 30-something is tough. In my case, on one side I've got kids looking up depending on me for survival, and on the other I've got a father sticking around who soon might use depends as a means to survive. One of the benefits of being a certain age is that careers start to clarify in most cases. Though as I mentioned yesterday, I waited till later in life to take a leap of faith, which one day might have me saying, We look crazy, huh? And that's when my Louise will turn to me and say, no, you've always been crazy. This is just the first chance you've had to express yourself. 
And I'm sure that's how Brad Pitt felt in 1991 when he landed the role of JD in the hit movie Thelma and Louise. After four years of hard work, it looks like Brad Pitt finally got his big break. Shortly after Thelma and Louise, Brad Pitt starred in Johnny Suede, where he played the title character, an aspiring rock star who thought he made it when a pair of suede shoes mysteriously arrive at his door. In that role, Brad Pitt has an amazing bouffant that I still try and mirror to this day. After that, he played Detective Frank Harris chasing after Hollywood in the 1992 film Cool World. This was a cartoon a la Who Framed Roger Rabbit where Brad Pitt played one of the few real people in an artful cartoon world. When it comes to men in art, I'm wondering if the masters of the Renaissance ever painted nude selfies to hand out to the groupies of their day. A recent study has found that summer barbecues may expose you to potentially cancer-causing chemicals. The study found that people who sat around a grill were exposed to chemicals called polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons through their skin. PAHs, as they're known, can be produced from the burning of organic substances such as coal, gasoline, and wood. They also form when meats are cooked using high-temperature methods. Now, what I found when I did more research on this is that their studies cited just like this every weekend before Memorial Day for the last five years. So, while that's not fake news, the real takeaway is that the greatest levels of exposure to PAHs occurred through the eating of barbecued meats. However, I want you to know, yesterday we talked about some first world problems and how great it really is here in America. Well, in developing countries, especially in rural areas, 2.5 billion people rely on biomass such as fuel wood, charcoal, agricultural waste, and animal dung to meet their energy needs for cooking. So while you may get some PAH problems standing around a barbecue grill, it's not going to be as bad as it could. Before Brad Pitt stayed stepping on the red carpet, he had one more random role before he took off to superstardom. That's where he played alongside another man who may have spent too much time beside the grill, by that I mean the Crypt Keeper, because Brad Pitt played the role of Billy in a 1992 episode of Tales from the Crypt. By the time Brad Pitt played Tom Skerritt's son Paul in A River Runs Through It, you probably know the rest. And if not, you probably don't care. So let's go ahead and drive this episode off a cliff. If you're on the road, thumbs down. Remember, hitchhiking's not what it used to be. When it comes to your big break, keep working at it. Dousing the flame is the only surefire way to fail. So take a leap of faith and don't look down until we drop a dime and dial up more joshing around. This is the story of Once a Mouse by Marcia Brown. You can read along with me in your book. You will notice time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. One day, a hermit sat thinking about big and little. Suddenly, he saw a mouse about to be snatched up by a crow. He hurried to help the poor little animal and tearing him from the crow's greedy beak, he carried him off to his hut in the forest where he comforted him with milk and grains of rice. But look, a cat came to the hut with whiskers straight and tail held high. But the hermit was mighty at magic as well as at prayer. When he saw the danger threatening his little pet, he quickly changed him into a stout cat. But that night, a dog barked in the forest. 
poor puss ran to hide under the bed, the hermit wasted no time in thinking about how big or so big and changed the cat into a big dog. Not long after that, a hungry tiger was prowling in the forest and leapt on the dog. Fortunately, the hermit was nearby, and with a gesture, he changed the dog into a handsome royal tiger. Now imagine the pride of that tiger. All day long, he peacocked about the forest, lording it over the other animals. The hermit missed nothing of all this and chided the beast. Without me, he would say to him, you would be a wretched little mouse, that is, if you were still alive. There is no need to give yourself such airs. The tiger felt offended and humiliated. He forgot all the good he had received from the old man. No one shall tell me that I was once a mouse. I will kill him. But the hermit read the tiger's mind. You were ungrateful. Go back to the forest and be a mouse again. So the proud and handsome tiger turned back into a frightened, humble little mouse that ran off into the forest and was never seen again. And the hermit sat thinking about big and little.